With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into another edition of the Maze and Brew podcast here on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Broom, and we are joining you here on Thursday, August 13th, going into Friday, August 14th. Uh, well, in case you've been under a rock for the last couple of days or a week or so, or if you've been in a coma since March, uh, our worst fears kind of were realized. I mean, not kind of, they absolutely were realized. Uh, the Big Ten announced on Tuesday that we would not be seeing college football played this fall. All other fall sports are also canceled. The winter and spring sports like basketball are, are still up in the air, set to be determined at a later date. Uh, but the Pac-12 has canceled everything through at least January. So uh, to put it bleakly, this is kind of just the situation we're in at the moment. And at this point, you guys have heard me either on this podcast feed or on the website, wherever it's been, uh, you've heard me talk about this enough. So I figured it was time to get another perspective uh, and give you a voice from the Michigan Beat. Joining me today on the show is a friend of the site, friend of myself, um, and someone who we owed a return visit to, seeing as the last time that she was here, we made her sit through a commentary track on Cats. So, talk about Ashley Bastock of the Toledo Blade. Ashley, uh, thank you for forgiving us for putting you through that, and welcome back to the show. Are you sure this isn't just a cover to once again make me talk about Cats? I, I'd rather talk about Cats, to be frank with you. <laughs> it's less of a disaster than the last week, honestly. Yeah, I mean, just from a, even from just a PR marketing standpoint, I kind of think Cats has the Big Ten beat out because pretty much from Saturday to 
Tuesday when this announcement was made and even kind of in the aftermath of it, uh, to put it, I don't know how else to put it other than to say it's a total shit show at the moment. So like I said, I know what the week has been like here for, for me, for people at my site, uh, for a lot of Michigan fans, but you know, from a, someone on the beat, uh, in the newspaper side of things, like what, Take us through everything that has gone down from your perspective this week and, and your reactions to how everything kind of played out. Well, since I now know we're allowed to swear on the podcast, I mean, shit show is like the best way to describe all of this. As, as far as how it was rolled out, how it was announced, how the Big Ten has basically decided not to show their work when it comes to this medical information that they've gotten, which, again, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, if you follow me on any form of social media, you know I've taken the pandemic very seriously. Uh, This is an extremely nuanced issue, which does not bode well on Twitter um, or even on podcasts to some extent, I would argue. Uh, But the thing that I keep coming back to is just how frustratingly bungled this announcement was and how players and coaches just did not feel like their voices were heard. I think those frustrations are extremely valid Um, from the big 10 rolling out a schedule last Wednesday. And, you know, when they rolled out the schedule, we heard over and over again, how great it was because there were so many weeks built in if the season had to be delayed or if individual games throughout the season wouldn't be able to be played due to outbreaks on individual teams to six days later saying, you know what, never mind. Like it, it just was not explained very well. They did themselves no favors, um, even if there is valid medical reasons. So shit show is literally the best way to describe it. And I think that shit show started on Sunday and went all the way through Tuesday when the announcement actually came down. Yeah, hopefully we don't get uh, you in trouble for any curse words. I can't set up a swear jar if we need to, but um, yeah, that's the best way to put it. And I, like I said, what changed in six days to me, when you look at what happened within that timeline, I don't think it's any coincidence that within that timeline was also uh, the Big Ten United movement, the the players kind of showing a unified voice. And, you know, I think there's been a lot made of it that, oh, the players, they want a players union. It, that's due to labor law or labor regulations. Uh, college athletes won't be able to unionize, but they are kind of looking at a players association. And I think that, you know, obviously, like you said, we are in a pandemic. The data, like, I'm sure there's plenty of data out there that supports that we should not be playing football this fall. Uh, but to build up kind of like they had, and like I said, in a few days, the only, I think a lot of people are rightfully upset because the only thing I can really come up with is that the fears over players being concerned about safety and, and let's call it what it is. I mean, it's liability on the end of the universities as well. If something happens to players while they play, I don't think it's any coincidence that, those cries getting louder, louder from the player end of things might have had a lot to do in speed, you know, in expediting the decision to not play. Yeah. And like, I think that's like also a fair point to make is that, you know, player safety was not by any means the only factor here. I mean, I'm sh- it played a part without a doubt. And 
I am a cynical person, I think, by nature, but I want to believe there were people who were like, I could not live with myself if I voted to have a season and somebody died or had chronic health issues as a result of that because I wanted football. That is valid. However, as you said, there are financial implications here. If a player were to get sick, if they were to die or have long-term mental health problems, that, of course, has financial implications, which are, you know, made even more. It's more of a gray area since we're not paying college athletes. So how can you ask them to make that sacrifice? Um, but there's definitely more at play here. And, and like you said, with all the Athletes United movements that we saw play out over the last week since the schedules came out, um, I'm sure that played a factor and certainly raised some eyebrows. And, of course, we'll never know because no one's going to ever admit that, right? But right. it's fair to wonder. Yeah, and, you know, outside of, of all this, I mean, have you – we've seen Michigan players on social media be somewhat forthright about, you know, they wanted to play and, and being upset with the decision. Jim Harbaugh was even, you know, I would say stopped short of criticizing the decision but laid out the data that they felt supported the fact that they could get a lid on this thing. Um, you know, at the end of the day, from the Big Ten conferences, you know, viewpoint, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And a school like Michigan that has Michigan Medicine attached to it, which is an entity that is even bigger than the athletic program, the resources you have there are not the resources that a Rutgers has or uh, even a Michigan State has right up right up the road. So I, I get it from that standpoint. But going back to Michigan. Um, you know, we've seen some of these these voices being outwardly critical of, um, I believe there was one quote that even said it was, you know, what the Big Ten did this week was psychological torture. Uh, have you spoken to anyone, any players or player families? And, and like, what's the reaction there right now? So the, the last player I talked to was uh, Quiddy Pay, and that actually – we spoke on Monday night as all this stuff was spiraling. Um, so the season hadn't been canceled yet or postponed, I should say. Um, but, you know, one of the things we talked about, because we had also talked last week after the Big Ten United movement came out, and back last week, it was also a big point of conversation about, you know, I asked him, like, how important is it to you as a player that, you know, you guys feel like your voices are heard? And uh, he said, you know, we're the ones who are making the schools and the conferences all their money. Like, if we're doing that, you should at least check up on us from, you know, make sure we're okay safety-wise, make sure we feel okay about all this stuff. So then when we spoke on Monday, I'm like, you know, I feel like people are conflating some of these things that – they think these two sides are mutually exclusive that you're either with the big on the big 10 United side, or you're on the, we want to play side. And, you know, he kind of agreed that people are getting that confused. Like, of course they all want to play. That doesn't mean that they don't want to make sure they're doing so as safely as possible. Um, and, you know, he made the comment to me, like, I, I came to college on a football scholarship on a full ride. Like, of course that's what I want to do. Um, so I think overall, like you said, we've seen these guys tweet and post on social media since then. Like, I, I really just think that they're understandably upset with how this decision sort of came about. And it, you know, the, the last week or whatever it was between the schedule release and that announcement, 
um, I can see how it made it more agonizing because they just had a schedule in their hands that sort of gave them a boost was what he told me. And then it was essentially ripped away, not even a week later. So I totally get those feelings and this public backlash, which, as we know, before this past week or so was a rarity in the Big Ten. Um, And it, it just to me is so understandable that they are upset with how the conference handled this, how they announced it. Um, And especially it seems like because they don't know this medical data that they keep citing. And again, like I'm not going to sit here and say that doctors and scientists are wrong about a global pandemic, but I do think when you make a decision like this, that affects so many people's lives, um, you need to show your work there and you need to show what led into that decision and why it is such a health risk right now to play football um, and explain it to them because they deserve it. They devote their lives to this sport and a lot of them have aspirations to play in the NFL and this is going to greatly affect them. So I really think it's just so important that the Big Ten gives a more detailed explanation. Like I think it would go a long way in maybe mitigating some of that backlash a little bit. Um, I don't think you're going to make everybody happy ever. Uh, but but I think this announcement with more details wouldn't have been as bungled as it was. Yeah, and I think the thing that bothers me the most is that and I will I, you know, I gave uh, Kevin Warren the new Big Ten commissioner credit when credit was due. Uh, being a first-time commissioner, being thrown into the biggest napalm fire that you could possibly be in the first year on the job. And I I thought, I thought the big 10 was kind of setting the tone in terms of they were the first, they were the first to announce the, you know, the conference only schedules. And it seemed like they were kind of, they weren't afraid to be the ones that, that ripped the bandaid off. And perhaps that kind of worked against them in this regard. But um, you know, the fact that, it just seems like they don't have answers for a lot of things. And, and and I think the thing that bothers me the most of all of it is we are now just over five months into this pandemic. And as of, let me check my, my little calendar here. As of August 10th, that was the first time they've ever discussed the potential of playing a spring season, which is now where they're kind of putting their eggs in those baskets there, along with, you know, the PAC 12 is doing the same, um, we don't know about the ACC yet, but Big 12 seems like they're going to keep playing. The SEC is going to keep playing. Um, I just don't know. And it, it points to it, and I'm not – I don't want to go down a political road here, but it just goes to, to leadership at, all, at several levers of this, or levels of this entire pandemic kind of just has sat on their hands and waited – you know, thoughts it has tried to thoughts and prayers the virus and, and the pandemic away, and uh, that you know you can't cram for that. You can you can be a college student and cram for a test. You don't cram for that. So the fact that you know it looks like we're doing a spring season now, or they're going to try to do a spring season, it's just you didn't even start talking about that till this week. It, it blows right, my that- mind. That to me was just so disconcerting that you're going to announce this huge thing. And well, the other part of it that was interesting to me was that a spring season was not promised in that press release. Like the language of the press release was basically that they'll continue to evaluate it. 
So it was not promised by any means. It's just not off the table yet. So that's like not super, doesn't make me super optimistic. And I think a lot of us are like, what's the viability of a spring season, given when you would have to start it, which let's be real, like you would need them to start going through practices in January at the latest. What is going to change between right now in mid-August, basically, and three and a half months from now, that's going, or four months from now, whatever it is, I can't do math, but what's going to change between now and then that's going to make the people in power to make these decisions more comfortable with playing a season and having contact practices and doing, you know, everything that needs to be done in a high contact sport uh, to let it happen, essentially. So, But the fact that you dangle that carrot and then do not really provide any further details, uh, you know, again, it, it goes, it proves my point that like, I don't, I empathize with these coaches and players for being like, what are we doing here? Like you need to give us more information than what you've given us because this isn't enough to go off of and to make any concrete plans. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. And I saw that you were on the call. You can correct me if I'm wrong here. You were on the call with Ryan Day, I believe, yesterday or the day before, right? Yeah. Yes. On uh, Wednesday. So I've seen online where he he says if you're going to play in the spring, you have to play in January. What's – Yeah. So that's a, that's a totally different – because you probably – you probably need what four, five, six weeks of camp. So now, how how does that work? Is is what my question right. would be. Well, the interesting thing for me too is like the January playing. How how he framed it was like play for eight weeks and do it January, February, March, and that way there is then enough space between let's call it the twenty twenty season versus the fall. 2021 season um but in ohio state's case obviously the biggest difference for them is if they play january february march they can likely convince some of these guys 
to play who are definite NFL draft picks. Like, there's a chance then that they could have Justin Fields play. If these games don't start till March, if I'm Justin Fields, I'm never playing another down of college football. Um, so I think that definitely, like, plays a factor in it in Ohio State's case. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we've heard I, who was – I believe Josh Gaddis said earlier in the spring or summer that you would need at least six weeks of camp to get guys in shape. So, yeah, looking at that timeline, we're talking about if you want to play in January, if you want to play in mid-January, we're talking about starting at the beginning of December. So, again, what changes now – from now to the beginning of December, I don't know. And I don't know what's going to make the Big Ten more comfortable in saying that. But as Ryan Day said, to be fair to these top prospects, you do need to make decisions quickly. And that I do agree with. You can't wait months to decide on a spring season. You need to come up with that like now. You need to be talking about that right now if you're serious about doing it. Um, and across the board, if they do end up playing – that's going to solve a lot of these questions that we have as far as eligibility, as far as scholarship counts. Um, if there's not a season, then again, you need to give people time to figure out how to remedy all these problems that are going to start to snowball off of that decision. Yeah. So of the, you know, of the pitches out there for spring football, we just talked about Ryan Day's January pitch. Jeff Brom put out like a, I believe a February through April pitch or earlier today. This is the thing that like, I, I was going to ask you which pitch you prefer, but um, the thought I had while I'm asking it is, if, if the impetus for making this decision was based on player safety, that we're not playing in the fall because we want to keep our players safe, you want them to play 18 to 20 games now within the span of 12 months next year? Like NFL players don't even play that amount of games. Right. So to me, if we're going by that, Ryan Day's plan is seems like the, you know, it, it would theoretically give these kids more time off between – this season and the next. Um, and I haven't had a chance to fully look at uh, Purdue's, you know, that they sent out that plan. But I mean, it, it is going to come down to that. Like, how viable is it to ask these guys to play that many games in a single calendar year? Um, and that's the other side of this player safety coin that I think is missing from a lot of discussions and is just, you know, it is still really important to consider um, how that's going to affect guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm still, I, I have trouble finding the words to describe uh, a lot of these things. Cause I think it is so silly. I mean, at a certain point, and let's just call it what it is. The viability of a spring season probably depends on if they can have fans in the stands and if you can collect on parking and, and the gate revenues and the concessions. If you're still talking about 25%, you know, 50% capacity or no fans at all, like come February or March, it's almost like what's even the point of doing that other than, you know, obviously the TV money would be what it was, but um I think given all the options on the table and like I said, I don't know what the financials of every school are. It, it to me, you could just kind of deal with it as it is. And, and you mobilize to make sure that fall of 2021 is not compromised because I really don't like the idea of, okay, if we're going to come and play, you know, an eight to 10 game season in the spring, well, we're going to have to chop a little bit off of the fall season too. Like, 
just give it, do it. You know, what's, what's the Ron, the Ron Swanson quote, never half ass two things. You should whole ass one thing. So at a certain point, I would just like them to whole ass on the fall. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, we're going to get to a point in the spring, especially like the later this starts, the more you are essentially going to half ass the fall again, going back to player safety, that's what's going to happen. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the right answer is. Like I said, I think if you don't play also that opens up a whole, they don't know what the right answer is. (laughs) Right. Which is a problem because they're, they are, these decisions are way above my pay grade. So if you are in those positions, you should be having answers to some of this stuff and it's stuff you need to think about. You can't just wish the pandemic away. You have to figure out a way to play safely. What's going to be best safety wise. All that stuff needs to be answered. And, and since you're making these huge decisions, you need to have other options if you don't want this backlash um, and, and I don't know how much they've seen or paid attention or care again. Like I think coming from the people who are involved, it's totally understandable and fair. I mean, I would be mad too, if I was in that position and especially cause it's totally out of their control. Um, and I think a lot of people understand that, but you know, it doesn't mean it doesn't suck any less. Right. And I'll give, I'll give college basketball credit, uh, like Dan, Dan Gavitt, who's in charge of all that. And I think, uh, Kentucky's AD, they, they did an interview with Andy Katz and it kind of seems like, you know, instead of sitting on their hands, they're kind of, you know, it seems like there's being a little bit more proactivity in what's going to happen with college basketball. Uh, they want to still kind of have all that and, and make sure a champion is crowned fairly and competitively and all of those things. But, so yeah, college football is a mess. That's the, the the too long didn't read of it all. Let's move to us, the poor media, the bloggers, the the beat writers, the the TV people. This is now we've had five months without college sports. Uh, for us that cover Michigan, Big Ten, we could be looking at no sports through at least November, potentially even into January. How how hard does that hit? I mean, it's tough. It's really tough. It's tough knowing especially how much in the media, how much money, even, you know, again, you talk about things from a financial perspective, how much money comes from football coverage. It is staggering. Um, And then from a content perspective, that's also hard when you don't have games and, you know, there's nothing to write off of. And there have been times throughout this process where, it has been easier to come up with story ideas than I anticipated it to be, but there have also been times where it is a genuine struggle and you go into a week and you're responsible for, you know, four or five stories and you have no idea what you're going to write. So that part of it is extremely scary. I mean, you talk about big picture. I think a lot of people are worried about their job security and understandably so. Um, but it's, it's just tough. And I mean, I feel a lot like I felt in March where, you know, I'm like, how am I going to get through the next week, let alone the next three months or whatever? Well, now we're five months later and it feels like nothing has changed. It feels like in a lot of ways things have just gotten worse. So it's definitely scary. Um, and from my perspective, personally, I just think like, I'm just going to try to take this on one week at a time and, 
get through it as best as I can because I really don't know any other option, sadly. Um, and it's scary, it's unknown, but it's what's in front of us. So that's really all there is to it for me. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's been, you know, believe it or not, like the, the five months have actually – they've been the quickest five months and also in a lot of ways, the slowest five months too. And then you feel like you felt like at a certain point and maybe even the optimistic side of me was, you know, you, you saw the light at the end of the tunnel and like, all right, they put a schedule out and camp starts, to, you know, on, you know, camp started on Friday, you know, maybe, maybe we got something here, but uh, you know, like I said in the podcast earlier this week, the light at the end of the tunnel ended up just being a freight train that knocks us right back to where we started. So, um, no, I'm sad for, I'm sad for us, sad for media. I mean, outside of content and story ideas and having games to cover, like being, those are long, those football Saturdays are long days. They really are. I mean, it's depending on how long you worked and what your, your commute time is that could be anywhere from an eight to, you know, 12 or 13 hour day. And the work doesn't stop when you get home, but the things that get you through that day are, you know, the, the people, the people that you come across, um, the, you know, the people in the media, I think the, you know, the staff at Michigan from the people that check you in to the people that operate the elevators, they're all extremely lovely people. And the fact that you miss out on that, it sucks and it's sad. And it's, you know, it's a bummer because let's just say January is when things come back and we're covering college basketball. If they were even allowed to be there, if we're, you know, I might be picking apples by then, who knows? I might be out of this altogether. You just don't know. Um, you know, it will have been, I still haven't been to Ann Arbor since, know, probably the last game that we were all there for, which I think was the Nebraska, the basketball game on senior night. So I don't know when the next time I'll be there is. And my job is to cover, you know, an Ann Arbor based thing. And it's, I have a lot of thought. I mean, it's hard to gather the thoughts and the emotions that go along with that, but uh, you know, it's not just the work that you miss out on. It's, it's the people and the experiences and the stories and the, you know, God forbid, you know, I'd, I'd kill for a press box hot dog right now. I would. So it's just <laughs> the rubber, a rubbery press box hot dog. Sure. Yeah. And a, one of those block M cookies that you bite into and you break off a piece of your te- your teeth into. So yeah, it's uh it's rough right now. I don't know. I guess, like I said, I want to talk about some happier things, but what is there right now? I mean, I, what are, what are you watching right now? I know you're watching Shit's Creek. What, what else you got going on? Yeah, the, man, that's the big one. Really just Shit's Creek. Like I got in a nice little roll with that. So we're going to ride that out through probably a couple more weeks and then find something else. But that's definitely been a nice uh, feel good type show in the middle of all the madness. So, um, you know, that's probably is the best you can hope for right now, I guess. Like, I mean, it, I mean, truly though, I mean, you said it all so nicely about the unknowns, the uncertainty and, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I literally just keep thinking, what are you going to do? Like, cause it's true. What are we going to do? We can't control any of this either. So, um, yeah. it just stinks. 
it stinks. So trying to distract myself as best as humanly possible uh, is a good way around it to not have to think about work 24-7 right now. Um, and especially when there's no sports that we cover on a daily basis that are happening right now still, which is wild. Yeah, well, like you said, you've said week to week. I, I think we're kind of in a, a day-to-day mode right now. Um, hold on to the, to each day. Find find the little wins where you can and hold on to them because uh, things, things, it's likely that things might get worse before they get better. But it is what it is. Uh, not to end on a down note there, but, um, well, as I guess we're kind of – we're kind of hitting the end of it here. Is there anything you want to pitch anything you're working on? This is kind of your open forum now. Yeah. My pitch is still to you that I want to do an uncut gems pod. Uh, Well, that might be all we have to do here. Uh, Not, not too long. Can only, I know. So that's what I'm saying. It's finally time to talk about Howard Ratner. It's finally time to talk about whether it's a good film or a bit that my subconscious is playing on itself. It's time. Okay. Well, um, the next time you're here, you have, you have my word, you have my sword. We'll, we'll do it. Yes. Yes. Thank God. All this right. is what I'm here to do. It's what I'm here to push for now <laughs> that there is no college football for the meantime. Yeah. Keep the bit rolling along. We'll, we'll keep it alive. Sure if it's a bit. I don't even know. I don't even know if it's a bit, I think I might like it. I don't know. It's to be determined. Might, might need to talk it out. Might, that might just be That's what, I'm saying. what happens next. So, well, Ashley, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you can follow Ashley and her work over at the Toledo blade. You can follow her on Twitter at Ashley Bastock 42. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T broom, follow the website at maze and brew. Download our shows, rate, subscribe, wherever you get them. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, That's going to do it for us today. Uh, Appreciate you listening. Uh, Again, we'll talk to you next time, whatever the topic may be.